This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ipswich Town go into March on the back of four wins out of four. Can they keep it going on their longest away trip of the season in the Paul Mariner Derby. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodward and welcome to the pre-match show in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We go live every Thursday at 8pm to give you the lowdown on town's weekend opponents and then we're available on podcast shortly afterwards. And as always, we're a regular pairing at the moment, aren't we? Seb Brown, happy leap day, whatever it is, Seb. Officially, this show shouldn't really exist in any other year, shouldn't it? But here we are, 29th of Feb. Have we ever done a, a, a podcast on a leap year before? Do you know where you and me were four years ago today, the last time there was a leap year? Oh, no, I don't. Tell me. Blackpool away in that storm. Oh, Freddie Sears missed a one-on-one, and they went down and scored in the 93rd minute that or whatever was, it was. Yeah. yeah. Four yeah, years ago today. Day, time, yeah. time flies. So that was our last leap year. So hopefully this one will be a bit more fun. Yeah, well, at least we're not playing the game actually on the day, are we? But yeah, uh, we are here to talk about Plymouth. We uh, we see lots of Plymouth fans in the chat. Um, be respectful. There's a lot of, um, it's kind of a weird, it's becoming like a weird rivalry. We're going to kind of try and dampen things down a little bit if we can. I think, well, Seb might go a bit renegade, but I'm, I've am i got lots of love for Plymouth, plenty to like about Plymouth. And, and we're both making the trip, aren't we? Along with, I guess, 2,000 other town fans from different parts of the world. You north, me east. So it'd be exciting, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah. It's about over five hours for me. What is it from Suffolk? It must be longer. Six or six, six and a half, seven, maybe? Yeah. 70 Ouch. miles an hour and no more. So, yeah. Fair play to all of you going on the supporters coach, oh. leaving at whatever, 5 a.m. or whatever. Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. I doff my cap to you. The isn't sleep. Joe going on? The, I think Joe's going on the supporters coach, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Fair so, play. yeah, I doff my cap. Fair this. play. And in, in, in it's like 6 a.m. and you're listening to this on the supporters coach. We, we salute you. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And we hope that you have a nice, relaxing trip to Plymouth. We're going to talk about that in a second. But let's say hello to the folks in the chat. Um, Ashley, uh, roll on Plymouth, he says. I'm gutted not to be going. First game I've missed since Rotherham away. Ashley, it's a good record there. So, um, yeah, we'll be hopefully representing you um, and everyone else who can't make it across 
um, to the west of the country. Evening to Paul. Evening to Michael. G'day to you uh, in Brisbane. Make sure we stop Plymouth shooting from outside. <laughs> That's the pre match show done, isn't it, Seb? That's your research sorted, isn't it? And thanks for tuning in. See you all next week. For yeah, time. exactly right. Uh, no, we've got more than that, surely. Chris, hello to our friends in New Zealand as well. Uh, he predicts another win coming up, hopefully. Uh, Colin is going as well. By the look of it, can't wait for the game. Um, and uh, Jerry's here as well, uh, evening from Wales, just about stopped raining. I love how this is kind of like a, a weather report now, I said at the start of this podcast. It's been pissing it down. I'm going to say, I'm going to chuck that in there early doors, pissing it down all day here. Um, how, is it, how has it been where you are? I'm getting heavy snow tomorrow. So, yeah. Oh, fun times. Heavy, yeah, heavy snow at work. Not not in Chester where I live, but I, I work about 45 minutes south. And, um, yeah, heavy snow apparently from 6 in the morning till mid-afternoon. So that'll be fun. There you go. There's your weather report, folks, if you're up in the uh, northwest of the country. Uh, Jerry's feeling confident. Um, can't be there, but feel, a feeling will kick on despite the injuries. More about those later. Uh, Matt is here. Neil as well. Uh, nice to keep this run and the pressure on the so-called big boys, he says. Rob is here as well. Eric um so yeah and lewis is here from plymouth looking forward to this one eyes emojis yeah um yeah definitely give us your insights lewis if we go wrong do correct us uh, but as always please be respectful as well uh, matt is here mystic seb what minute is first goal on saturday please seb have you I, 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 spoiler alert i don't think we've got that or have we no, there's no there's no time prediction this time. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It's Birmingham again, wasn't it? So both both Birmingham pre-match shows, I've managed to get something right. So I guess a broken clock is even right twice. There you it? go. Evening to David in Helsinki. Best wishes to you as well. Nick is here. Kevin is here. Spoiling all of the research on the Telegram group in advance. Only joking, Kev. Great to have you with us as well. Feel free to supplement our knowledge as well because you've got much more than we have. Uh, Elliot getting married this weekend. So the groomsman's main responsibility is remembering the rings. It's keeping him posted on the scores. Oh, I, would you want to know or not on that kind of day? What if? Oh yeah, you want you want to know, obviously. If, what if it's a yeah. what if it's bad news? I'm not saying I'm not. We'll go to the predictions later on, but if it's good, let me know. If it's not, keep it to yourselves. Surely that would be the. No, I don't I'd, know. I'd want I'd want to know either way. I think because then, uh, yeah, it might. Well, go on then, finish. Well, it's, 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 it might, might ruin the day if they've lost. You know, you have to put a brave face on doing speeches or something. Oh, thanks for coming. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, Brian's here. Mill Valley, California, not Hill Valley. Uh, Mill Valley. Yeah, great. But good representation across the country and beyond. Um, thank you. And six and a half. Ian is um, Ian's my lift for Saturday, and he's, he's suggesting six and a half hours. Um, let, uh, send me an invoice for the petrol, Ian. I'm looking forward to seeing you. But yeah, um, David's here as well. We met David at the Greyhound last week. Um, uh, great to see you again involved in the chat. Um, and Paul giving us uh, the weather report from rugby. It's always damp in rugby. Um, and I can say that I used to live just down the road. Um, Lewis has given us a local weather report for Saturday, 3 p.m. Hoofing it down, he says. So um, whether that will factor into Kieran McKenna's plans or not. Uh, we'll we'll I guess find out on the day. Let's let's do a little bit of news, Seb. Not a huge amount. Uh, we generally bitch and moan when games move to the sky. Uh, you probably got more reason than the most about being disappointed about the Southampton situation. Feel free to divulge that if you wish. Uh, but two games moving for Sky on the Easter weekend. 
Yeah, Blackburn doesn't affect me at all. I'll go to that one regardless. So I guess I get to get a bit more time at home before I have to set off for that one. Southampton is a little bit irritating because I was planning on doing a day trip back from Chester to see it when it was a three o'clock and a 12.30 for me would have been even better regardless of you know how the atmosphere is affected and stuff at, at Portman Road because I'm, I'm flying out to the States. Uh, we're, both, we're both off to Las Vegas, aren't we? On the Tuesday. So it's been a really tough sell to my partner to tell her that the day before we go away for a week, I was planning on shooting back to Ipswich to see some football and now being a half five kickoff i don't think i'm gonna be able to justify that one so i'll have to settle for settle for for, for sky at half five but again you know it's 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 what comes of being successful isn't it i when i looked at the the, the fixture before we, we booked the trip i did think there's a good chance that one moves i think it's a champions league week so it's good they haven't shifted it to a you know a tuesday night or a wednesday night and i guess out of the the slots given away the 5 30 is, is is much better than the 12 30 isn't it for the for the fans generally for the atmosphere i guess we'll know where we stand because there's a 12.30 game that affects us. There's a, a, a three o'clock game that affects us. So from that point of view, it's the the, the best of a, of a bad bunch. It's just a little bit irritating for me, selfishly. Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing for us here. On the yes, podcast, too right. So. But yeah, uh, good, exp- you know, uh, the money coming in from Sky hopefully is, is pretty lucrative. I imagine we've probably been up there with Leeds probably is the team featured the most on Sky. I'd imagine this is the sixteenth so, time apparently we've been featured as you know a main game on Sky this season. That's wow. a third of the season. That's nuts, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. nuts. I wonder how many. Someone worked this out. I wonder how long it took us before this season for our last sixteen games on Sky. I reckon it was probably over a decade easily. Need Carl Fuller's book, don't we? Which is yeah. downstairs, sadly. Otherwise, I'd go and I'd I'd grab it. But yeah, let us know in the chat if you can figure out that the last yeah how long. Before this season, it had taken us to get to sixteen. Was it sixteen games? Did you say? Apparently, it's it's 16. yeah. Apparently, it's numbers. Those will be fifteen and sixteen, um, which is yeah, third of the season. Absolutely crazy. Oh, Cardiff but before then. So, it's the, the, does that include Cardiff? Uh, I presume so. Yeah, it just said fifteenth yeah, yeah. to sixteenth. I think it was Stu Watson who tweeted it or put it out there. So, um, yeah, crazy. But it goes with being a successful club, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, and and three p.m. kickoffs. What the hell are they? Moving on, uh, another game that won't be kicking off at 3pm, although a future game will be, ITFC Women, uh, part of a excellent Plymouth doubleheader and your first ITFC Women match on Sunday, Seb? It is, yes. Normally they play at 2pm, obviously at the AG on a Sunday, which is the pretty much an hour after I set off back home to get up to uh, up to Chester. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll have to look after me. And um, yeah, are you, bring, are you bringing your drum, I assume? Yeah. Not? You are? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Okay, right. I'll stand a little bit away from you there. Yeah, that's fine. You, you don't have to join in with the chance if you don't want to, but hopefully most of them will be familiar. Yeah, but yeah, um, looking to build off a really positive victory over Rugby Borough last week So uh, and build momentum and positivity ahead of the game at Portman Road on the 23rd and the tickets of that have now gone on sale to season ticket holders and members and I think from Friday, I might be wrong, uh, goes on general sale. So yeah, get involved in that and um, selling really well down, certainly down the sides of the pitch. If you want to come and be noisy on the 23rd, Block six, section six is the is the place to be. But yeah, really excited. I'm really great that the club and and the league have kind of figured out these double headers because the reverse fixture I think was the same as well against Plymouth. So really good to do that and uh, and make a weekend of it, isn't it? So um yeah, excited. Uh, let's talk about the men's team for Plymouth then, Seb, and this crazy kind of as as I mentioned at the top this little bit of acrimony isn't there maybe like a love to hate kind of thing rather than actual proper like Norwich kind of hatred levels we're not quite there yet but it does feel like there is kind of a weird aura around Plymouth the Ipswich games now aren't there give us give us your take on it 
It does, yeah. I, I actually quite like Plymouth, if I'm being brutally yeah. honest. You said I got a bit brutal at the start on them, but I, I quite like them. I think they're a well-run club. I like the way they do things. We'll kind of discuss them in, in more detail. This this rivalry that's kind of manifested itself over the last couple of years, obviously, I think the Plymouth fans, are a bit like us this season, if we're being honest, we're getting a bit annoyed at the lack of attention, probably, with us and Sheffield Wednesday up there with them last year, and we are... a too big a size than than Plymouth, with all with all due respect. I think the media, uh, sorry, I think Plymouth fans were getting a bit annoyed. They weren't getting the credit they deserved. We have to remember they won the league last year. They beat Did us they? to the to the title. Yeah, yeah, they, they beat the us league. to the title last year. And yeah, it was just we, we couldn't beat them, could we? We had the late Bally Mumba deflected ninety third minute goal at Portman Road that shocked us a little bit. Obviously, the def- defeat down in September at Home Park was our first defeat of the season. And as these things tend to do in two thousand and twenty three, social media gets involved. Everyone gets a little bit silly. It's it's a bit hypocritical of us now, you know, throwing our toys out the pram every time we don't get mentioned on Sky or BBC <laughs> podcasts where, we, where they discuss Leeds, Leicester and Southampton. But it is what it is. I, I have to say, I, I do quite like Plymouth as a club. I like what they're doing. My first trip down there, never done it before. So looking forward to the weekend, apart from the five hour drive one way with mullets next to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, no comment on that. But yeah, it's uh, uh, two teams that have kind of got very similar experience probably they're more well, more definitely more so than us of, of kind of being out on a limb a little bit in terms of geography as well uh, but lots of you know names from well i mentioned paul marrow didn't i in the intro but you know david norris is going to be involved on on saturday isn't he as well and you know there's some good you know good interactions between the clubs as it were and last season we should we should be patting each other on the back frankly for the seasons that we put together and you know nothing but respect for for their season particularly because i think a lot of us you know hope more hopeful than expectation were, were expecting a little bit of a drop off when the loanies situation happened for them last january and look they they went on and, and won the league so happy days but this is a new season seb uh what is the state of play for plymouth going into saturday it feels a bit different, doesn't it? Obviously, Schumacher's moved on. We're used to our kind of ding-dongs with Stephen Schumacher at the helm and and um, I've forgotten the guy's name, Ryan Lowe at the helm, but he's moved on now and it's a it's a new manager, Foster. Ian Foster's come in from Saudi Arabia. We'll discuss him and it's it kind of feels a little bit different. You know, I know we're still going to see many of the, the same kind of players that we've come to know from our ding-dongs in League One over the last few years, but it's a slightly different formation, maybe a slightly different style. Um, I guess they're doing probably what they expect themselves to be doing. I don't think it's any surprise their budget is certainly in probably in the bottom three of the league so to have themselves where they are on on 40 points and 15th in the table I think is a is a decent return at this stage I guess the problem they've got obviously is they have this one outstanding player and come the summer are they going to be able to fend off bids for him and I guess that's what kind of sides like Plymouth need to need to do they they recruit really well I'm a big fan of, of some of their recruitment they take players on loan from the Premier League which we'll discuss uh, shortly those players either get recalled which leaves them with nothing or with the likes of Morgan Whitaker and Bally Mumba. I know they weren't Premier League loans, but they were loans from higher up in the pyramid. They can pick them up the following summer for relatively cheap, look to develop them. And, well, in Morgan Whitaker, they'll have a player now who's worth 15, 20 million quid. Um, so it'll be a case of you know, the vultures will start circling in the summer. But until then, they'll look to establish themselves, get across the line to see themselves safe, which I, I think they will do, and uh, and look to go again next year. They've, they've won 10 of the 34 games played so far this season, won 10, drawn 10, and lost 14. Goals, 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 I have written in the Ooh. script. They are free scoring. It's goals, but they are, they are also very, very loose at the back. 53 goals scored is the sixth highest in the league. It's ahead of teams like West Brom and Hull, who are in the playoff positions. But 57 goals conceded is the third highest in the league after Rotherham and Blackburn. So expect goals at the weekend because they are free scoring, but they will give a lot of chances away as well. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of love in the chat for both Ryan Hardy, David here saying Hardy a real threat, Whitaker as well. Tony, uh, we need to keep Morgan Whitaker quiet. Um, shame he never signed for us. Yeah. Um, a universe doesn't care. Welcome to have uh, good to have you back uh, as always with that great username. One hundred percent, the one that got away. And we we don't really know the story there, do we? But uh, I do like uh, the conspiracy theory that you know there was chats and whether there's interest there and uh, whether we kind of made kind of moves to kind of encourage Swansea to recall him. I if don't we know. Did, it, it could have been a stroke of genius if we did. Work, it, meant, did it. it meant nothing, obviously. It yeah. didn't matter. But fair play. If they had a dropped away and we get across the line with Sheffield Wednesday and that, that was the reason, then that would be an absolute masterstroke by Mark Ashton. Yeah, Sean here uh, always plays well v town. Um, if we can keep him quiet on Saturday, um, he's expecting a town win. Um, Max, uh, Whitaker plays in the space that Leaf leaves when he bombs forward. We are going to have to be smart in the transition. Yeah, definitely a lot of work for Burgess uh, there. But yeah, Colin's a fan um, and Universe doesn't care. As I said, Hardy um, and Whitaker, a little bit of a partnership. But there's more than more than those two as well, as, we, as we'll talk to um, later on. But as you mentioned, yeah, uh, good in both boxes. Uh, is and, and we've said similar to lots of teams, haven't we? And, and realistically, if you can't, if you can't keep it, tight at the back and i know we're, we're ones to talk in that respect um it is going to make it difficult for you isn't it form wise seb uh not the best though no 19th in the five game form table one win which was last weekend a bit of a coupon buster wasn't it they won two nil at the riverside yeah. against borough and if you watch the highlights they were oh, they were certainly good value borough. for that win yeah middlesbrough yeah. just can't get going and making mockery of idiots like you and me who predicted them to be in the top two back in the uh back in the summer so that's a that's a great result one draw against coventry another side doing well three defeats sunderland leeds and west brom five goals scored 10 goals against in the last five games the home form however is decent now, this was a running theme obviously last season we sat here so many times and what didn't they average 2.5 points per game last year it was something mental it was like over 60 points from the 23 home games played last season so we know home park is a bit of a fortress we know it's a hell of a long way for a lot of sides to go and travel i think that helps them massively um and again this season it's, it's proving decent they've won 28 of the of the points so far on the board have come from the home game which is 70 percent of their total tally 38 goals scored at home a plus eight goal difference they have lost the last two like I just mentioned, against Leeds and against West Brom. So maybe something there for the kind of the playoff chasing sides, the automatic promotion sides going there and doing a job. The last five at home is one win, two draws, and then the two defeats like we've just discussed. So it is a tough place to go. They're going to need to keep the, the home form steady because their away form isn't, isn't that amazing at all. And it's kind of not the same levels of last year. That was never sustainable in terms of 2.5 points per game at home. But to keep it a fortress this season has aided them really, really well. And I, I don't think they'll go down to you they're on 40 points now i know there's only kind of five points ahead of the, the the bottom three as it stands because everybody in the bottom six seemed to win last weekend but with the goal scoring ability they've got in the side i know we just said they they will ship a lot but with you know whitaker with hardy with those kind of players available i, I can't see that they've got enough firepower i think to comfortably kind of stay up this season would you agree with that yeah and the thing that um bodes well for them in terms of keeping themselves out of danger um, you mentioned the home form isn't as good as it was last season. And as you said, difficult to sustain that. The average position based on the current league table of the teams they've beaten is 17th. They're quite happy. You know, we It's a lazy cliche, isn't it? The flat track uh, bully. But there is an extent to which they are picking up wins against the teams you'd expect them to. The odds 
you know, there's a victory over Norwich and Sunderland in there as well. They beat Norwich 6-2, just to remind everyone. Um, but generally, uh, you know, they get the results against the teams you'd expect them to and yep. maybe struggle against the teams up in the top six. So, you know, again, that maybe bodes well for, for us, but it also bodes well for them in terms of the rest of the season, isn't it? Picking up points. Um, but yeah, the, the, the form isn't, isn't the greatest. Um, you, yeah, only one, one of the last six. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit middling the form at home, but um, they've definitely got the ability and yeah, it's this fortress, isn't it? Uh, Borough, uh, do we take anything out of this Borough game? Obviously the away match, I just thought Borough was so passive. They hardly yeah. engaged when um, Plymouth, Portsmouth, Plymouth, P team uh, went forwards. They just backed off, didn't they? They gave them so much time and space to pick off these shots from around the 18 yard box. Uh, and it could have been 4 0 at half time. Borough just totally not at the races, Seb. Uh, so do we read much into this one, or is it is it more about Borough than it is about Plymouth this victory? Not wishing. I think to, arguably it is. Well, you've got, to, you've got to you've got to give um you've got to give Plymouth some credit. They made yep. some tactical changes. They pushed a player further forward into a kind of number ten role. His shot was saved and a follow up was scored, and he got an assist for the uh, uh, for the second one. Um, but yeah, I mean Borough, uh, they just they're so bizarre this season aren't they you know they can they can beat Chelsea 1-0 in a cup semi-final first leg and then lose to somebody the following weekend who totally unexpected L- last week would have been a coupon buster but Plymouth were really really good value for it like you say it could have been four at half time the XG hello XG fans 1.93 to Burroughs 0.5 22 shots 11 of which were on target three oh. big chances created they were happy to sit back and let Borough have the ball they only had 32% possession and they just looked to hit them time after time on the counter-attack Six direct counter-attacks resulted in five shots. They were perfectly happy to say to them, you have the ball, and as soon as we win it, boom, they go. They hit teams quickly in transition. And I guess given our possession kind of stats, we might have a similar kind of uh, similar time against them next, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, Sunderland away. There was uh, Ryan Hardy scored a goal on the break that just totally caught them out. So there's pace in that team to counter. But yeah, it, it just felt like every time they went forward, they were going to score, which... We need to be wary of, of given our openness at the back. Um, we've also got, um, so Graham here, um, thank you all the Plymouth fans getting involved. Really appreciate your insights. Um, Graham saying Foster lost his way recently with too many changes, but against Borough reverted to a more familiar um, starting eleven. And David here as well, last two home games were poor. We look shattered. Uh, plus, we've had to bed in a new batch of players because of loans going and a new manager. Uh, Borough, probably our best performance for a long time. So maybe coming into form at uh, maybe the right time there at Plymouth. Uh, did you see the, the West Brom game? A few people have talked about that in, in terms of things that give us um, hope. I think someone in the chat um, needs to uh, see if I can find it. Is not expecting a repeat of that. Yeah, the universe doesn't care. Our, our favourite username. Destroy them at home, but we're not in a play like that. Yeah. The the we'll talk about the formation Seb, but a threat down the wings definitely spacing feels like behind the wing backs our opportunity, the, the overall, Yeah, the message I got was spacing behind the in behind the wing backs, so you're going to want fast kind of tricky players. We'll discuss our likely lineup, um, but I watched the the highlights of the West Brom game, the extended highlights, and it seemed to me time out, especially down the left, that Mickey Johnson, the guy on loan from Celtic, he was uh, he was getting loads of space in behind their right fullback, wasn't he? Yep. Let's talk about the manager then. It's uh, not a name that is is massively familiar to lots of people. But again, you mentioned the recruitment of players. Again, it feels like a little bit of, of analytics data perhaps involved in, in this appointment, dare we say. Uh, Ian Foster. 
I think so, yeah. Ian Foster's come in at the start of January. Obviously, Stephen Schumacher went off to Stoke and took most of the backroom kind of side with him. Not going well there at all, is it? <laughs> What's your take on Stoke then, Seb? Uh, John Walters has had to do a lot of press release, kind of galvanising the fan base. We know that Stoke is a kind of a, a fearsome place to go for an away match, isn't it? It's just not gelling there. And, and you it kind of feel like there's the a point. Manager, yeah, go on. Yes, the it, managers it doesn't matter the who the manager is. You know, you've had Michael O'Neill go there, Stephen Schumacher, um, Paul Lambert, joking, um, and they just they just can't get going. They've got these ridiculously rich billionaire bet three six five owners. They have FFP issues. They can't spend money, and they just seem yeah. It, it seems one of those clubs where no matter what you try and do. The, the 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 issues are bigger perhaps off the field with the structure and the setup and stuff but he did really well at Plymouth didn't he you know Ooh. he was a, a really bright up and coming manager one who I think we all secretly liked despite the the kind of stuff going on between the two clubs last year and now Ian Foster's come in and like you say it, 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 it does strike me as a bit of a kind of smart recruitment um, very highly thought of in the in the England, England kind of youth setups he uh, he left Al Etifak he was Stephen manager Stephen manager Stephen Gerrard's assistant manager he left there to go to, to go to Plymouth only managed 11 games so far one four drawn three lost four 1.36 points per game that equates to 62 63 points across a full season which is fine isn't it that gets you what 15th 16th probably 17th uh, 14th maybe um so they'll be pretty comfortable if they can maintain that that kind of form he's he's, he's known best in footballing circles from his time in the England setup he was a part of the coaching team in the England under 17 World Cup when they won it he then became England head coach at under 18 19 and 20 levels he was Phil Neville's assistant manager for the England women's side as well. Uh, Paul Cook took him to Portsmouth Did in he? 2015. Go on, where's the, oh, we've not had this for ages. Go on, do the voice. No, I'm out of practice. I'll be rubbish. Keep going. The, uh, he took him to Portsmouth there culminating in 2015, culminating with the promotion uh, in 2017 brief kind of well not a brief playing career but a playing career not to write home of he was a striker who played for lower league sides Kidderminster Chester Barrow Hereford uh, nothing to write home about from a from a footballing kind of playing point of view but great work in the England youth set up and I guess that's what's attracted the eye of the eye of Plymouth and I guess they'll hope they've pulled another blinder <laughs> we're going to start seeing the eye of the tiger then uh, let's move it on before I have to uh bring out the Paul Cook impression which is, is massively go rusty. on give the people what they want I can't, I can't even remember how to do it now Seb uh, no, it's just lost it that, yeah, yeah you see you have to keep, yeah, you know it's the it's the Westlake key change that, that makes it I'm just out of I'm out well, you can stand up at the same time as doing it I'm already stood up I stand up every week here's a trade secret stand up desk everyone talk, talk to us about history um, because it's generally positive isn't it yeah, we have the Edge, 24 Ipswich wins, 16 draws and 13 Plymouth wins. The last win, obviously, as we all know, was 3-2 back in October at Portman Road. Ballymumba own goal, George Hurst and Marcus Harness with the goals for Ipswich. Morgan Whitaker, worldy. Guess what? He was playing on the uh, on the right-hand side, cutting on his left and uh, unleashed one from, from yardage, which people got very upset about. I remember people saying, well, we know what he's going to do. Why didn't we stop him? And I think it might have been Mikey commented saying, how did Iron Robin and all those kind of players score so many goals in their career? Sometimes you have to say you know great great quality players will find ways to score magical goals yeah. and that's exactly what he it is the, Do you remember the george edmondson the foul post, didn't it sorry didn't it? it clipped the post it was like perfectly placed I mean, it was we- perfect yeah it was absolutely perfect the the technique the 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 effort we we kind of bemoaned so many times last season they were getting deflected deflected goals that we found to our cost at home park earlier in the season but that one was clean and crisp as a, as a whistle if that's a saying I don't know Deep do you remember the George and even yeah, do you remember on. the George Emerson foul at one nope. nil down that could have nope. no neither nope. do I it was a great piece of refereeing uh, a great Didn't piece of it. refereeing and uh, fully deserved yeah they went one nil up right to our Plymouth watches 
3-1, yeah. and then Joe Edwards pulled one back relatively late on, but we saw out the win. The last game at home park was the first defeat of last season back in September. Freddie Ladapo with an amazing deflected goal. I think it was his first league goal of the season. So. That went over Cooper, and then two goals, Bally Mumba. Chaplin kind of went down too easily. Mumba scored, and then uh, Morgan Whitaker with a de- with deflection um, got the win. We were good value that day. Do you remember Christian Walton hitting the bar in the yeah, last minute well. from the corner? Against his old club as well. We Plymouth obviously- fan, yeah. yeah we spoke bar, to him on this he? channel. Um, Plymouth fans, if you want to see an interview with um, Christian Walton, to go searching on our channel. Uh, a really good anecdote about Roman Lario, who I'm sure is a name that's familiar to you as well, so do check that out. But yeah, that would have been a brilliant moment if Walton had scored the equaliser, right? But I think it was a save, wasn't it? Didn't didn't it in, when it slowed down the replays? Cooper got, a, I think he got a yeah. touch, yeah, and tipped it onto the bar. I mean, he's a brilliant keeper, um, and that would have been quite a moment. The last time we won there was December 2020, one nil down, then a red card for Danny Mayer, uh, and then two very quick succession 73rd and 74th minute goals from John Nolan and Caden Jackson uh, saw us get across the line two one last yes. week. You <laughs> cheated with this. Have you cheated this time? Oh. I've done research for the lineup quiz. I said. I'd only do it once. It's not funny if I do it twice. Okay, so, fair um, enough then. I, I think you'll struggle with this one. This is I haven't yeah, got a memory tough. of so this is is this the This is the COVID second season. Lambert. This is about two months before Lambert gets fired. Yeah, the COVID yeah. season, yeah. So we've we've started so so it's the season of the Ollie Hawkins. Yes, the NHS Carers Trust on the shirt, so, the blue badge, the Ollie Hawkins, kids. um no, Stephen Thingy Ward. Stephen Ward. Yeah, he played left back. Yeah, it was a four three three, it looks like, but it could be anything judged on the players that, that started. Uh, who's game. the third one who was in goal? I can't remember the goalkeeper. Currently at Preston. Say didn't save a penalty. Currently at Preston didn't save a penalty. Oh, Leeds. Cornell. Die Cornell. Die yeah. Cornell. Um, Keenan Bennett. No. I'm trying to remember the that. It's that the right squad. Yeah, you're just, you're just not getting any of the players right. Uh, I guess Chamber would have been involved, wouldn't he? Chamber was right back. Um, Current player was playing in the back line. Did the pre-match presser today. Oh, Wolfie. Yep. Alongside uh, him was a, a lone E from Arsenal. McGuinness. Yeah, so you've got the back five. Yep. Three central midfielders. One goal scorer. Oh, Nolan's you mentioned. Yep. Um, you won't get the other two. Oh, okay, fine. Give us some clues. Are they? Uh, are, they're not lines, are they? One is with your mate Paul Cook at Chesterfield. Dobra. Yeah, well, I don't think he was a central midfielder. This is what BBC Sport reckons. Okay. The other central midfielder was always parachuted in a bit by um, uh, Paul Cook. And then I think he got subbed like at 45 minutes at one point and he, uh, by Paul Cook, by Paul Lambert. I don't what? think he ever got a fair Offers. crack of the whip. I think he's playing non-league at the moment. Norwood, Bishop. I think it's too late for Bishop, nope. isn't it? It's gone nope. by then. Um, no, Bishop's still there, but he didn't, he didn't play. No. Nope. Brett McGavin. Oh, he scores He scores long ranges a lot in non-league. Yeah, he's... yeah. yeah. And then you've got the front three. So one you've already got, the goal, one, the goal scorer who'll be on the bench on Saturday. Yeah. So the two Not either Hawkins. side of him. Not no, Hawkins. Okay. Two either side of him. One player out of position. Irish, awful injury at Portman Road. Oh, Alan Judge. Never got going. Yeah. And the other side was kind of a player who I really, really liked the look of and was really hopeful he was going to kind of be the latest youth product to take as far as back to the, um, uh, back to the, the championship. He's currently at Cambridge, I think, still. Oh, Lancaster. Lancaster, yeah, there you go. It was a tough wow. one for that, wasn't it? Good. That, I enjoyed seeing you squirm after. That's not, a, that's not a vintage team, is it? We got the win, eh? Yeah, we um, did, apparently. But they, they had a red card on the 70th minute, and they were 1-0 up at the time. So I think that kind of changed the strange, game. Strange, um, yeah, how things happen. Yeah, Matt got in there just a little bit too late. I don't know if that was after I said it or before, Matt. But um, um, Eric Clatton says, Doug Moran. There you go. I, I think that's a blast in the past, isn't it? So, yeah, um, good stuff. 
uh, well, not good stuff. That was a crap season. Wasn't you it? deserve but, uh, that for cheating last year. That's your punishment for dishonesty. I feel like uh, I mean, I got a f- I got a few of them, didn't I? I got the signings. I just remember the three signings in Portman Road. And thinking, do you remember that outside the training ground, holding like, three shirts? Be Guy Cornell, these. Ollie Hawkins, and Stephen Ward. Brilliant. Wow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, should we talk about the arrivals for Plymouth in the in the January window then? Because it is a little bit of um, victims of their own success in terms of the players that left, isn't it? Uh, give us the rundown on who... who let's focus on who left first, Seb, because there yeah, are some this big is this is the fashion, isn't it? You kind of have these half-season loans now. You take a player on loan in the summer, you kind of figure in the old days they'll be there for the entire year. But now, if they do well and you develop them a little bit, you run that risk of the parent club coming calling and either moving them to a, a, another loan to a side further up the food chain, bringing them back into their own setup or looking to to sell them. And that's what they've kind of been the victim of. Luke Cundle played well in the Portman Road game, I remember. Uh, he's gone to Stoke. So obviously Schumacher had a hand in that one. He was recalled uh, yeah. by Wolves, sent out to Stoke. He'd made 24 appearances and scored three goals. Finna Zaz is the big one, recalled yeah. by Villa, sold to Middlesbrough for two and, well, and a half million quid. I see me play last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah 26 appearances seven goals Kane Kessler Hayden was a right back uh he was recorded uh, he was rapid on the day if I remember rightly at Portman and he's, wasn't he? he was also on nine end of last season wasn't he as well was he I'll take your word for that uh 27 appearances recorded by Villa oh, Lewis Warrington didn't really feature he's an Everton kind of academy prospect he only made a couple of starts but he got recalled Matt Butcher went uh he, he wasn't recalled anywhere he went to Wickham on a free and Macaulay Gillespie went to Charlton centre back he went there on a free so what they've done is they've kind of lost this well 77 appearances between Cundall Azaz and Kessler Hayden so far this season they've lost those players what they've done is they've gone out and kind of tried to bring in kind of further Premier League loans for the for the second half of the year. Lino Sousa's come in from Villa. He's a left-back. Ashley Phillips, ex-Blackburn, highly rated, physical centre-back has come in from Spurs, as is Alfie Devine, who's like an attacking midfielder, number 10 kind of player. Uh, Darko JB, we'll discuss a bit more later, has come in from Leeds. Matthew Cirinola has come in on a free from Union SG. And Adam Forshaw uh, has come in from Norwich. He's adding a bit of experience. He's 32 now, central midfielder. He's come in from Norwich on a free, presumably to kind of 
fill the hole that, that Matt Butcher's left by by moving on. So yeah, a load of young talent has departed in the window and they've gone out for the second half to cover themselves with a load more kind of young talent. And I guess the 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 policy is sound, isn't it? You you kind of get these players in with the hope that if if they don't do anything outstanding you might be able to pick them up develop them further it worked for Whitaker. it worked for Ballymumba but if they do have a great first six months of the year the likes of Cundall, Kessler Hayden, Finazaz being the big one you run that risk where you lose those players you have nothing to show for it because you ain't getting any fees for them because they're not your players in the first place and I guess the question would be how sustainable and how long can you keep on doing that as I said it's 77 appearances from those three players taken away from your side you ain't got nothing to show for it no money to go out and recruit so you can only go and loan again and it's crucial that you keep getting that right year after year to keep your head above the water isn't it I just I would worry how long you can keep pulling kind of rabbits out of hats but if you've got if you if you're good with the Y scout or your dashboards and you're able to keep providing more and more targets then, you know, I remember us talking about Plymouth in January last year, but, you know, in the pre-match show, again, ahead of the Portman Road game, and we were kind of looking at the, the players that came in online and thought, these are these are risks, you know, risks in respect of they are not as experienced as players that may have um, they've, they've come in for. And, but yet, it still keeps working for them. There's a point where there's enough of a sample size to prove that it, it's, it's okay. Of course, it isn't necessarily sustainable, but... If Plymouth were to get into the top six suddenly, then there's a much better chance of attracting those kind of players to sign permanent deals like Whitaker, for example, um, and Mumba. So it, it does work from time to time. And then if you sell uh, Morgan Whitaker for 20, yeah, 30 million. He's the poster million, child, isn't he? Yeah, he's the poster child. You've it just takes one or two quid. of those. That's, yeah, that's you're right. game changing for, for Plymouth's budget, isn't it? So you just get, yeah. you keep prospecting. You know, um, JB is one. That you kind of think if you know great prospect Man City, I think uh, Leeds, as you mentioned, you know, if they could sign him, if Leeds go up, for example, hope they don't, but if they go up, they get him for a million quid or something, and then he has a great season in the Championship. He's a ten million pound player, isn't he? So yeah, it's not a bad model, but as you say, it, it maybe it maybe doesn't get as, you as right, long as you can probably. sell one for big money every what two or three years it's fine yeah. isn't it the issue would be is if you replace a load of loanies with loanies and then you can't sign them and you have to do it all again and a couple of years go by then you then you kind of struggle a little bit we mentioned that the the system um and, and what kind of foster's trying to do a few of our uh, plymouth friends have kind of given us the insight there it does feel having watched certainly the the borough game i'd look at on on the, the average positions for for borough it does look like a very asymmetrical system at the back like we do with davis bombing on this kind of brendan galloway that is the left back who's basically playing on the halfway line and then i think it was soranola who was on the right hand side who's more of the orthodox is it a back three seb or is it something a little bit of a hybrid like ours I think it's a bit of a hybrid. I mean, they were playing 4-3-3, weren't they, under Schumacher for the first half of the season. The fullbacks would invert. The Whitaker one side, Bally Mumba the other side would kind of, you know what they're going to do. They're going to cut inside and look to get to get shots off. We know them as a three at the backside from, from last season, and that's kind of what Foster's reverted to. Uh, it's been a 3-4-3 or a 3-4-2-1. Interestingly, against West Brom and Leeds, it was the 3-4-2-1 where the two tens played sort of a little bit narrower, I guess, to try and congest the, the centre of the park. And then they would look to 
to find the space in behind the advancing attacking fullback. So yeah, three at the back. As as Rich said, if you're a Plymouth fan in the, in the chat, let us know if we're right on that one. Um, but it's very much a, a, a three at the back system, and he has changed it from what Schumacher was using for the first kind of half of the season. I did what I did last week. Remember, I looked at the five games before Mowbray joined for Birmingham, and then the five games afterwards. I did a similar for for Foster to see if there were any kind of insights. Now there are a couple of caveats for this. You know, they have played the likes of West Brom and Leeds in the five games since he took over. And I think they had games that had three red cards on the bounce in the five games before he took over. So some of the stats are a little bit skewed. But overall, the XG has dropped from 1.65 per game to 0.93. Possession has dropped from an average of 50% to 38%. Shots taken has dropped from 18 to 10 Total passing has dropped from 456 per game to 331. And the one thing that's gone up is long balls. That's increased from an average of 49 per game to 63. So it would suggest maybe he's gone three at the back, looking to make them a little bit more direct. Now, we've got to remember, he's had a load of new players thrown on him as well from the January kind of window. So I guess it's a kind of horses for courses, maybe kind of deal. We'll get a better idea of how he really wants to play after a preseason. But I thought it was interesting that he has looked to make them more direct in in the short term since taking charge. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of what we were talking about with Tony Mowbray last week in Birmingham City, isn't it? So, um, yeah, maybe, um, as you say, maybe more horses for courses and and, and it yeah. worked at Borough, didn't it? So, yeah, something to keep an eye on there. We've mentioned a lot of the key players, so we'll, we'll kind of skip through this because I'm, I'm noting that we're getting to 40 minutes and we just talked about Plymouth. So, uh, Whitaker, 17 goals, seven assists, by far the most dangerous player. We know what he can do. Ryan Hardy as well. We talked about him in the chat, 12 goals for assists. Um, isn't always a starter, but definitely a threat. Um, mention from our Plymouth colleagues that um, Barley Mumba hasn't been as impactful. Um, yeah, no, he step. hasn't. He, we know him from, you know, running down the, the the flanks. He's not been great so far this season. Two goals, three assists. Mikkel Miller is kind of the left-wing alternative, the left-wing back who might well start at the weekend. Barley Mumba's not pulling up any trees, shall we say. The centre-backs we know, Brendan Galloway, Lewis Gab- Gibson, uh, Dan Scar kind of provides the the, the cover. Uh, Julio Plathaglo, I'm going to say. No idea if that's right. There's a summer signing. He covers the right-hand side of the back three. Legithuelo. Randall and... Very well done. Joe Randall and Jordan Houston will be their central midfielders. Darko JB, who we discussed, just briefly on him, they kind of bought him in as a number eight, a central midfielder. In the Middlesbrough game, they pushed him further forward into kind of a, 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 a number 10-ish kind of role, one of the two tens behind the behind the striker. It was his shot that was followed up for the opening goal. Then he got an assist for the second one. So he might well be starting in that slightly more advanced role. If he doesn't, and he does start centre mid, then expect to coming together with him and Morsey. They, uh, they both average kind of two fouls per game. So that could be quite an interesting battle. To, to watch out. Michael Cooper is back from injury. He uh, he picked up a ligament, I think it was medial ligament damage in December. Uh, Connor Hazard has been playing in the sticks most of the season. He's got five clean sheets in 25 appearances. Michael Cooper, however, is back and we know what a good quality keeper he is. We do. Uh, and no notable absentees. I mean, in terms of the stats, we've, we've talked about the possession um, yep. and, the, and the slight uh, regression to a more pragmatic style, shall we say, under Foster of late. Uh, the goal situation, I mean, this is pretty consistent with Plymouth when we've talked about them. Uh, when we talked about this at the start, they maybe score score more goals than the quality of the chances that XG would have them um, scoring, perhaps. But some good stats in terms of home goals. and But then and then the flip side, it's very Birmingham-y, isn't it, this feeling? Um, you know, we were talking about Birmingham situation. Uh, do you want to give us some the potted stats on attacking and defensive stats? 
Yes, we discussed their prowess in front of goal. They are a high-scoring side. 38 goals scored at home is the fourth highest in the league. The XG, however, uh, has them down. That's a that's a plus nine difference between what XG thinks they should have scored at home versus the goals they've actually got. So I think for the third or fourth podcast in a row, we are sat here discussing the sustainability of the chances they create. But I think, as you said last year, the longer it keeps on going, it doesn't become you know an anomaly anymore. It becomes, becomes the norm. So that's where they are at with that one. Seven goals scored from direct counterattacks is the the highest in the league. Shock, they like a pop from range, as we found out in the Portman Road game. 42% of their shots come from outside the box, which is the third highest. And then, as I said at the start, they do concede goals. 30 goals conceded at home is the worst in the league. 15 shots conceded per game is also the worst in the league. Seven goals conceded from set pieces is the third highest in the league. And whilst they are very good at direct attacking counterattacks, they are also pretty susceptible to having counterattacks against them. They've conceded Brom, three yeah. goals, which is the second highest so far in the league as well so you're telling me there'll be goals when will they be so this this becomes a weekly routine now if i mean if there are going to be goals there but it might be early doors right yeah, there's going to be goals. It'll be in the first 10 minutes. Between us and Plymouth, we are two of the three worst side for starting <laughs> games so far this season from a goals conceded perspective. Oh, we've so they conceded won't be 10 goals, goals in we'll the opening each 10 minutes. No, I don't think so. We've we conceded 10 goals in the opening 10 minutes of games. Plymouth have conceded six. We're the joint worst in the division. They are the uh, the third joint worst. So make sure you're in your seats for kickoff because you might miss, if you're not in the seats by uh, by 10 minutes past, you might have missed all the goals in the game. It could be three all at 10 minutes in, folks. Uh, and do keep a lookout for four former town skipper and former Plymouth by David Norris, who's handing out uh, 1,330 Cornish pasties to fans at the game um, as part of, I think it's like a Sky for the Fans initiative, but I think it's a thank you on his behalf for the fundraising. He's been selling, auctioning shirts off um, a, a situation there behind the scenes that I think you can research and find out more about, um, but has had a, a challenging time. Um but it w- was potentially forced to sell his his uh, champions medal, when he, which won with Argyle for winning League One um, or Second Division, as it as it was then. Um, but the fans uh, raised money, so he didn't have to do that. So um, yeah, keep a lookout for for David Norris handing out Cornish pasties on Saturday. Uh, if you've got any further insights, certainly Plymouth fans about Plymouth, let us know. But we are going to talk about. Ipswich, this is an Ipswich Town podcast, and plenty of stuff as well, uh, situations for Kieran McKenna to have to think about and manage. Do get your thoughts on possible lineups. Now, I know a lot of people have been putting stuff in the chat earlier, but now is a good time to recycle it um, because we'll talk through it. But let's go through bits and pieces of admin before we talk about Ipswich. If if you want to check back our predictions for the rest of the month, uh, there's a video that Craig um, did. It's about five six minutes long, so not particularly long. Um, trying to give our our team's predictions for um, the outcomes for the five matches in March and the points tally. Uh, so do give that watch and let us know your thoughts in the comments. As always, the flagship show uh, back Sunday talking about Plymouth after the fact, and we've we'll also have a little bit of a mini preview of Bristol City as a separate show that will go out on Monday. Obviously, that's a midweek game, three week a uh, three game week coming up so we'll be previewing that and an additional bonus bit of content and as always we're brought to you in partnership with the greyhound uh, head there ahead of bristol city on tuesday night um and nordvpn there's a link in the description if you want a discounted access to nordvpn and use that however you see fit if you want to say safe or access streaming content from other regions that's exactly what it's there to do um and i think yeah let's talk about us then seb um the big issue, Broadhead and Burns both uh, got muscle injuries and will not feature. But 
given what we talked about in terms of Plymouth's system and perhaps uh, the risk of um, attacks down the wide positions, I mean, it's probably a great game for Burns, but Amari uh, uh, Hudson is probably the form player in the league and Jeremy Sarmiento is no slouch either. So actually, you know, obviously you don't want to lose those players, but Sarmiento Hutchinson, they come straight in, don't they? Yes, I think Hutchinson Ooh. certainly does. I've just got this feeling in the back of my mind. I think he played Caden Jackson there last season against them when they had a back three. And I wouldn't be shocked, given the injuries, if we saw Jackson line up in one of the wide, not the wide right, that would be Burns. But if Jackson was wide left at the weekend, I wouldn't be 100% shocked. But I think it'll probably be, I think it might be Harness. I think it'll be Harness on the left, Chaplin in the middle. Um, and that won't work because you can't play Hutchinson. No, sorry, it'll be uh, well, And Hutchinson. you said Burns as well, so you mean Hutchinson. Yeah, but Burns on the right. Burns is not Burns isn't good. Burns oh, yeah, isn't, of course. Yeah. I've confused myself, haven't I? Right. Hutchinson let right. To, let me start again. Hutchinson on the right. Chaplin, he says, might feature, didn't he? He's training tomorrow and he expects him to play a part. On Friday so for assume, those on Saturday. Yep, yeah, so I assume he starts in the 10 and will probably get subbed relatively early in the second half, which means it's the left-hand side. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jackson. I think it'll be Harness. I'm not sure. Would you trust Sarmiento from the start? He doesn't always have the same impact when he starts games, does he? Well, and that's the Whitaker's side as well, isn't it? Yeah, so, so I think Harness may be for the energy, the... for the more disciplined of the of, of the options to come in. So, yeah, I think I'd go Bur- uh, Burns, Hutchinson wide right, Chaplin through the middle, and then Harness on the left with, with um, yeah, if, if it gets to 60 minutes, Chaplin's done, then you slot Hutchinson inside and you bring on um, bring on Sarmiento. If H- if Chaplin isn't fit to start... Harness in have... the 10 and I'd play Harness in the 10. You wouldn't think maybe about a two up front with Moore and Al Hamadi. No, are you mad? Really? We not we would not play. We will never play two up front unless we're chasing a game. But it just won't happen. We'll McKenna played, is he's methodical. He is second chasing up Preston. A game. Yeah, you're chasing a game. You're two nil, uh, three nil down at half time. You said they'll never play two up front. You just and I, if you'd listen, instead of rudely interrupting me, I said afterwards, unless we are chasing a game, there's there's no right. chance. We, we we know what this side does. McKenna is not suddenly going to, with what, 12 games to go, start going, oh, I'll play 4-4 effing too. No, yeah, unless we are chasing Moore's a in, game. More in the 10. Moore's unless we worker. are unless we're chasing a game, they will not start as a, as a pairing. Okay. One might start, Al, Al Hamadi maybe might start out wide sometime, but I, I would be astounded if they started as a pair from the off. Right. Okay. Well, I'm just putting it out there. You know, just options. Well, well, you're wrong. We don't, <laughs> and you're stupid as well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think Sarmiento starts, to, if I'm honest. But I, okay. I, I do see the logic in harness. To be fair, and and yeah, maybe if Chaplin isn't fit, then you'd you'd see both of those. I think, wouldn't you? So, I'd worry yeah. about the space of Davis bombing forward and Sarmiento ahead of him. I think Whitaker might lick his lips and see an awful lot of ground he can cause havoc in. We haven't. Um, yeah, universe doesn't care. I wonder what McKenna's thoughts are on Tuan Zabi beyond the season. Mm. Excellent last week, um, but he's had less game time than Edmondson. A few people about Edmondson in the chat, a few people about Tuan Zabi in the chat. Harry Clark is still around and also is a good threat down that right-hand side as well. Um, is there a... Who's playing right back for you, Seb? If he's fully fit, I'd play Clark. I know Twanzebu was really good last weekend. Man of the match, got the assist for the Sarmiento goal late, late on in the 81st minute, in fact. Um, but I, I just think Clark, has, he looked so good in recent weeks. He offers you more from an attacking point of view than Twanzebu does. So if he's fully fit and ready to go, I'd, I'd have Clark in there personally. Yeah, a lot of people saying Al Hamadi in the chat, Seb. 
just to put it out there for you. Maybe we out will not wide. play too up there front. Yeah, go. I guess if, if he can do a job there out wide, go. then fair enough. But also, is that not a big risk as well to play somebody out of position on the side that is Plymouth's strongest side? Maybe. Stick Hutch out there. He can play both sides, can't he? But Cutting in. On the right. Then you've got to put Jackson on the right. Fine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Or does Al Hamadi not go on the right? Is he left-sided, is he? I don't, I don't know which side he can play, but I don't think it's his natural position. I think you're kind of trying to force something in there that you don't need to do, given the other right. options that you've potentially oh, got. Oh, it's really triggering you, isn't it, this? No, um, I just... I, it just <laughs> no, fine. I mean, come the team sheet at 2 o'clock on Saturday, I'm like an idiot when they're starting up front. Don't worry, don't worry about four, it. 4 or 5 Yeah, two Xavier right-back, Sarmiento left-wing. Uh, midfield, Seb, any change to the Morsi luongo partnership? It's going to be tasty, isn't it? They've had a week off, haven't they? So I think Moore's in Luongo in this one, and I presume either Travis or Taylor. Taylor's back, isn't he? I presume he'll come in for the um, uh, for the midweek game against Bristol. But for this, I'd have Moore's in Luongo up against Houghton and Randell. Uh, we mentioned Bristol City. that uh, We will be going live straight after the game on Tuesday night as well, by the way. Another uh, plug, sorry. Uh, Mikey, Seb doing their usual duo uh, duties. And then I'll puff and and heave myself up the hill um to join in and swear a little bit more so do join us on tuesday night after bristol city for post-match reaction there um i don't feel like any clearer really about what's going to happen on saturday uh Ipswich wise but um david is asked for it uh our, our plymouth friend uh, let's do some let's do some predictions If you put stuff in the chat, the host will read it. And thank you to everyone on Facebook, Jason, you and Gary, Ben, Louise, Matt and Scott for giving us a thumbs up. There's lots of you here tonight. Great to see so many people, especially opposition supporters as well. Do give us a thumbs up and uh, do subscribe as well. As I mentioned, we'll be back on Sunday to talk about the game, but also try and give this level of insight, <laughs> insight um, in inverted commas, uh, to every opposition that Ipswich play so if you're coming up against uh, the, the team a week or two afterwards and um, then that hopefully is still relevant for you as well but uh, great to see so many of you out there and uh, please do give us a thumbs up to at least acknowledge Seb's hard work and, um, and me slagging him off as I do because it's not working Seb you keep winning in the bloody prediction league and I tell the two point delta to me was predicting Ipswich Town 3, Birmingham City 1. So congratulations for that. Uh, in terms of the league table, though, a little bit of catching up to do. 10 points behind Telegram, uh, three points behind. Now represented by our mate Jacob, who's actually, I think he's a he's local to Plymouth, actually. Jacob, I don't know if he's in the chat. So um, feel free to show yourself, Jacob, if you want to give us some working, some of your predictions. Uh, but let's put them up on the screen, Seb. Again, uh, the, there's a lot of narrative around all the games. We kind of, I remember in the middle part of the season, we didn't really care about most of the games. But now half the league is kind of entrenched in a, in a little bit of a relegation dogfight. And half the league, I hope, well, let's say six of the league, are hoping they can sneak into the last two playoff spots. And then you've got the top four kind of doing their own little thing. West Brom, Coventry, a nice little bit of a West Midlands derby. They're all predicting West Brom that too good at home, really, aren't they? Uh, any other games, yeah. Deb? Uh, another derby in well, uh, Yorkshire? Yeah, we're hopeful, aren't we? Huddersfield leads. That's the early kickoff. That's the 12.30. Oh, There's a couple yeah. of 12.30s. That's one of them, isn't it? Um, it's probably, I, I think it's we're, as well. We're hopeful anyway. Huddersfield have picked up a bit of form since firing um, Darren Moore. And I guess, you know, they played, Chelsea played Leeds last night. Unfortunately, didn't go to extra time. So Leeds have had a midweek game, but we, uh, you and me going for the, oh, look at that. You're copying a lot of my results. That's weird. It'll <laughs> start to uh, overtake you, seeing as you get the, the script about three hours before we go live. That's a strange tactic, isn't it? Um, I think we're both kind of hopeful Huddersfield 
might do something, but in reality, we both expect Leeds to win that one, as we do with Birmingham against Southampton. That would be nice if Jay Stansfield could do us a favour or Andre Dezel could do us a favour, but I think we both think Southampton will get back on form, which makes our game pretty pretty important, doesn't it? I do, I, yeah, I, I've gone for a narrow Southampton win. I did, I did think Birmingham were not as bad maybe as the scoreline set out, and they are a different beast at home. But Southampton, was, did you watch any of the Liverpool game with Southampton? That was a no. beatable team for Southampton, and they had so many chances. They, in the they rotate half. heavily. I watched the Chelsea Leeds game, so Le- did Liverpool make a lot of changes or a few, but not not many. It's pretty strong, yeah. but they wasted so many chances and then got smashed three 0 and. Hopefully there's a, there's, a, there's some motivational morale that's been dented there, um, but probably not. Uh, Leicester were expecting them to do the job at home against QPR, albeit at QPR, one of those teams down the bottom that are in form. Um, maybe Millwall are as well, though you're predicting a draw there. Me and Jacob think Millwall might get a home win there. Watford just inconsistent. I've gone for a, a Norwich win over Sunderland. I just don't know how to predict Sunderland at the moment. Yeah. Um, Another Yorkshire derby down the bottom. Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. We're all predicting two-one uh, away wins there. Uh, we're not. Do you think Wednesday going to stay up? I think they might sneak it. Yeah, yeah. Danny Rose done a great job, hasn't he? Yeah, and we. I know. I was going to go. I was going. You. You can figure out where my question might have gone if I was going to speak about Danny Roll, but I'm going to keep that one for no, don't another bring day. That kind of stuff. No. Uh, Stoke. You're, you're predicting after after watching the Plymouth Borough highlights. You're predicting that Borough are going to score two at Stoke. Yeah, because Stoke is shit. <laughs> that's the, that's the, okay. that's my logic that's my logic as you're working um yeah. swansea, swansea blackburn is a bit meh let's talk about our game then i'm going for a draw you are going for an away win as is jacob jacob's changed his mind as well he did go for a draw initially but has gone for the win show me your working behind plymouth one ipswich two both sides score goals, so I think there will be goals in it. It'll probably be um, Morgan Whitaker or Ballymember off the bench from range. And I think we've got to keep this momentum and this this kind of run going. It'll be five league wins on the bounce. We did our check out our video that Craig did with our five, six, seven minute kind of predictions thing. Spoiler alert, I predicted wins in every single game in March, which some people thought I was an idiot for. But this time last season, we all know what happened. It's a side we've already beaten uh, earlier on in the season. We have run at home park in the not too distant past not great the last couple of visits there i think there'll be goals and i think we will come out the right side of it. i think it'll be quite an entertaining game i'm looking forward to yeah. it you know plymouth play good football obviously we know we play good football so as a as a spectacle and a, a, as a first timer to to that part of the world to home park i'm very much looking forward to the game and i think we will come out the right side of it we got a weather report didn't we off the top i'm trying to remember who yeah, posted. apparently yeah um could it be swansea on repeat i think someone's predicting it hooning it down was the word wasn't it um That'll do. That was 2-1. I'll be Bob on and I'll be Saturday next week ahead of you again in predictions. Onesie part two, maybe. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, I just I just think I just think there's a little bit of defensive frailty. And I think, uh, I, I assume that the team are going to fly down there. Yeah. But Reese to Burns, Broadhead, not helpful. Chaplin, a little bit of a doubt. I just think there's a lot of mitigating circumstances around it. And an away point at Plymouth is nothing to be sniffed at as well. So I'm kind of, it's more of a reluctant prediction than a kind of a hopeful one, if that makes sense. I, I take a two all, but I think you're right, you know, that there shouldn't be anyone that we fear really at the moment. So because like Leeds went there recently, you know, they, 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 yeah, West they, Brom, etc. If we have designs of, you know, what we want to do this season, it's the kind of place we are going to have to go and pick up three points. Indeed. Absolutely right. Well, David's going for a one all. 
there you go. Uh, and Mark has also gone for a one or two. Uh, David, for those who are listening on podcast, is a Plymouth fan, though. Uh, Gary's going 2-1 town. Eric, Eric, 3-1. He predicts he's got these. These are getting more negative, Eric. Uh, I hope you're okay. Um, or you're maybe doing some reverse psychology on us. I don't know. But 3-1 uh, there. Uh, Rob, also going for a hard-fought draw. He goes one all. Uh, in the rain, Amari for us, Hardy for them. Uh, Reading also matching your two one. Uh, Nick going for a surprising nil nil. Can you see a nil nil, Seb? Anything after we've guess, given the but... stats for how many goals they score, how many goals we concede, etc. Nick's probably right, but that's what it'll be now. There you go. We've, we've uh, yeah, we've manifested a nil nil. Matt uh, going for a three two. I'm definitely putting Matt's predictions up in future uh, after what happened against Norwich. Uh, David's going for a two one. Morsey um, deflected shot <laughs> at 101 minutes. Wow, um, 101 minutes. Um, I'd be interested to know how 10 minutes of added time happens as well. If you'd have provided us that insight as well, Colin's going for a 2-1 for town, as is Irvid as well. Uh, Porksmith, Plymouth 2, town 3. It does feel like a 2-3 type game, but I predicted that last week and it didn't help me, did it? Um, Matt, who um, is local but isn't able to travel down, he's going for a 3-1 victory for town. Um, and uh, Seb is the man, says Eric. There you go, a lot of love, a bit of love for you. Uh, Neil going 3-1. Steve going 2-0. Um, and Joel, a scrappy 0-1. I assume that's rips, which there you go. Um, universe doesn't care. I'm not confident. I'll go 2 all and hope I'm wrong. Yeah, you need to, uh, to win just to stand still. You're right. It's um, crazy, isn't it? He's right. Yeah, we do. 72 yeah. points at the start of March. And we're, yeah, any other, any other season. Yep. Um, Matt's saying snow in Plymouth apparently as well. So um, maybe not a repeat of Swansea. Uh, Paul, uh, with a better team than the last time we played them, they're not as good. 4-2, he's saying as well. It's not going to be a sunny afternoon, says Tony in Plymouth. Paul going for an Amari hat-trick as well. Uh, Chris, our friend in New Zealand, going for a 2-0 town win. Um, and Graham, the love of the, <laughs> the, we the weather podcast. Eight degrees in Plymouth Saturday, says Graham. So probably no snow. There you go. Uh, Dr. Zach King's going for a 3-1. And Peter, we'll finish with Peter's prediction, 2-1 town. We'll be back next week to see how Seb got two more points than me in the predictions. Thank you, as always, to editors as well. We always forget to thank editors, particularly Ed, drummer Ed, um, for letting us use their music in our intros and outros, including that prediction stinger there. If you want um, any last predictions, any lineup questions, any shout outs, or want to give Seb any praise or criticism for me, now is the time to put it in the chat before we say goodbye. Uh, Seb, uh, do you want to do bits and pieces? Uh, because I, I need to sign us out, don't I? So um, you have to. Uh, the this, this season is crucial with the sign-off that the pre-match show does, as we know from experience. You've got to keep it going. Thank you to everybody for watching and getting involved. Thank you to the Plymouth fans for coming in the chat. Much appreciated. Don't forget to check us out with the post uh, with the flagship show on Sunday as well. Get yourself to the Greyhound. It was number one pub. Get yourself a Nord VPN tracking thing for whatever Pine you need it for. Find a Nord VPN. Yep. Yeah. Get, get a get a Nord VPN. That's what the cool kids do. Um, <laughs> plug Telegram. Come and see us on Telegram if you want to. As we said, the flagship will be back on Sunday. It's Ben, Dave, and Joe. You'll get a mini bite-sized preview for Bristol City, which will be out. Recorded by the flagship guys. That will be out uh, probably at the start of next mm -hmm. week on Monday. And then come and join me and Mikey doing our usual instant match reaction show next Tuesday with old man Woodward running up the hill to come and join us in. <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, a lot of love in the chat. Thank you everyone for joining us. Um, numbers fantastic. As we said, we're here every Thursday 8 p.m. Uh, to preview the the weekend game as well. So thank you everyone for getting involved. Um, chat has been great, really great to get that external insight from Plymouth fans, as Seb said as well, and from you guys as well. Your predictions, your insights as well, and weather reports. Uh, that is very much now a feature of this podcast. I need to get some emojis, don't I? Uh, Seb, thank you as always for all your hard work. I look forward to seeing you and plenty of the Blue Army down in. The, uh, I was going to say the West Country. It's not really the West Country. It's beyond the West Country. Kind it's of thing, France. Isn't it? um, it's not France. That's the other side, mate. Um, Plymouth is more towards America than it is to France, I suggest. That's what but, I meant. Saying, um, but yeah, thank you everyone for getting involved. Uh, before you go, do us a thumbs up and a subscribe as well. A lot of love for other teams as well. The promotion race is hotting up. I don't think we've officially called it the run-in yet, though, have we, Seb? Ten uh, games so is the run-in. Ten games. more weeks so to go. Cardiff. No, it's Cardiff. This time next this week. This time next week. Yeah, yeah. That's it's the run-in, run folks. So do join us next Thursday when we'll talk about that. But yeah, thank you to everyone who's got involved. Um, and as always, come on, you blues! It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.